Welcome to my share. This week we're going to devote the share to Pesach because uh, we're in that period of time when uh, we are on the countdown to one of the greatest nights of the Jewish year. It's called the night Leil HaSeder, the night of the Seder, when we sit down as a family, as a group, and this dates back more than 3,300 years when the very first Seder took place. It was the night when the Jewish people left Mitzrayim, they left Egypt, and they were on their way to the Promised Land via Mount Sinai, and they sat down to a Seder. They sat down with the Korban Pesach and with Matzah and with Morah, and in the morning all the firstborn of Egypt ha ha were no longer alive. Parai said to Moshe Rabbeinu, now is the time for the Jewish people to go, and off they went, and the rest, as they say, is Jewish history. But we're going to talk a little bit about the underlying, underpinning, um, foundational aspect of Leil HaSeder in particular, but Pesach in general. What is Pesach actually about? What are we celebrating? Oh, you're going to say, oh, we're celebrating the Geulah. We're celebrating the redemption. We're celebrating the fact that we were redeemed from slavery. But it's got to be deeper than that, because as much as we say it, as much as we say that we have to feel as if we were slaves in Egypt and we were redeemed, it doesn't have meaning unless it has depth. Nothing in life has meaning unless it has depth. If I say, for example, I love you, unless that love has a, an actual material aspect to it, where I can demonstrate my love, I can show that I love, it doesn't mean anything, it's just words. So I can say I'm celebrating redemption, but celebrating redemption is no different than any other celebration. It's no different than last week's birthday party and next week's anniversary dinner. But we have to have a celebration on Pesach which transcends a normal celebration and today we're going to talk about it. We're going to talk about it through the eyes of the Nasivas Sholem. We have not visited the Nasivas Sholem for some months now, been focusing so much time on the Mikdash HaLevi, but the Nasivas Sholem has such beautiful pieces about the festivals and this week I'm going to focus on a piece that he calls Pesach Chag HaEmunah. Pesach, the festival of faith. Emunah, that's the English translation, faith, but it encapsulates much more. We're going to use that word faith because we're familiar with it, but it's more than faith. It's the deepest visceral understanding that you can have that God is the master of the universe and the master of everything that's involved in our lives. And it also means loyalty, that we are loyal to Hashem. It's not just that we believe that Hashem exists or that Hashem is involved in our lives, but we are faithful to Hashem. That's what faith means. So whenever you hear me in today's share using the word faith, you'll know through that little description I've just given you what I'm talking about. Chag HaPesach says the Nesiva Sholem, Yesoidoi Emuna. Its foundation, Pesach's foundation, Passover's foundation is faith. The Leil HaSeder, Leil Gilui Shechina, Hu Berbchinas Rosh Hashanah Le'emuna. Do you know what the night of the Seder is? Do you understand what that night actually represents? 
It's the night of the revelation of God's presence. And it is, as it were, the Rosh Hashanah, the beginning of the year in terms of faith. Now, Rosh Hashanah, we use the word Rosh, beginning. Rosh doesn't just mean beginning, it means head in Hebrew, but it's more even than head. It means it's the headquarters. This is the headquarters of Emuna for the whole year, the whole Jewish calendar year. That's what Leil HaSeder is. It's what Chazal taught us. This is a Chazal in Yalkut Shimoni, based on the Posuk Vayamein Ha'am, and the, and the people, the nation believed, and the Jewish nation, even in the midst of slavery in Egypt, it's a posuk in Shmois, Perik Dalet, Posuk Lamad Aleph. Vayamein Ha'am, the posuk says, do you know what? Yalkut Shimoni, and it's slightly reworded, rephrased here in the Nesiva Shalom. Bizchus Ha'emuna, it was in the merit of faith. Nig'alu Avoisenu Mimitzrayim, our forefathers, our um, ancestors were redeemed from Egypt. Uvizchus Ha'emuna, Asidin Lehi Goel, and it will be as a result of our faith, our deep yearning for Hashem, our deep foundational sense of God being in our lives, that we will be redeemed from the exile that we found, find ourselves in right now. This idea of either lack of emuna or emuna is the root of the exile and it's the, the root of Geula, and in this case, Geulas Mitzrayim, the redemption from Egypt. Klipas Mitzrayim, Hoysa Do you know what Mitzrayim represents? What does Egypt represent? Egypt represents heresy, the denial of God, the denial of God's existence. That's what Mitzrayim is. Ukamamar Paroi. What did Paroi say to Moshe Rabbeinu? What were the words that Paroi used? He said, Lo yodati is Hashem. I don't know Hashem. The entire period of time where we see this journey, this lead up to Yitzias Mitzrayim, what's it about? You have to understand that Emuna needs to be unwrapped. We live in a world which is not necess doesn't necessarily lend itself to faith. We need to find faith. And the whole journey of Yitzhiyas Mitzrayim, which began with Moshe Rabbeinu coming to Parai and saying, let my people go, and ended with Parai sending the Jewish people out of Egypt, and everything that happened in between, all the different uh, wonders and miracles and incidents that occurred in that period in between, it was all a trajectory in one direction, from Kfira, denial of God, to Emunah, accepting God as being the foundation of who we are. And as it says afterwards, as a Pasuk in Shmois, Perik Zayin, Pasuk Hei, it says, Vayodu Mitzrayim ki ane Hashem, ani Hashem, Mitzrayim, Egypt will know that I am God. Dahainu, shenizgal soha Emunah begoidel habehirus, the um, Emunah, faith, was revealed in the most clear possible way. Even Egypt, 
the headquarters of heresy became completely aware to the ultimate extent of awareness of God's existence they became faithful they understood faith why the yodu mitraim ki ani hashem how come the jewish people were redeemed how come they merited redemption it was only as a result of faith we know Chazal tell us that when the Jewish people were in Egypt, they were down at the 49th level of impurity in terms of their physical existence. Now there's, there's a scale here. I don't have the scale. I can't demonstrate it to you. We can't use a thermometer to measure the measurement. There's no measuring stick that we can use to say where we are on the scale of Tumor. But Tumor has 50 levels. They were at the 49th level of Tumor. That means they were almost at the end, almost at the, at the very uh, end of where they could be in terms of reaching the ultimate Tumor. Now listen carefully. If they would have got to the 50th, if they would have exceeded 49 on the scale of Tumor, do you know what would have happened? There would have been no redemption. It wouldn't have been possible for them to emerge from Egypt if they would have reached the 50th level of Tumor. They would have been lost forever. It's not possible to rescue yourself or to be rescued if you reach the Nun level of Tumor. Now what is the Shar Hanun? Ah, here you have it. The Shar Hanun is emuna, is faith. That means once you've lost your faith and there's no way of getting that faith back, Shar emuna is number 50, there's no way of being redeemed. We're going to see later on that even if you think you've lost your emuna, that's not necessarily the case. But at this stage, let's just take it at face value. That Shar Nun, the 50th level, is Shar emuna, and had they had been in the 50th level where Shar Emunah was no longer open to them, the Jewish people could not have been redeemed from Egypt. They never fell into that trap of lacking Emunah, of lacking faith in Hashem. And that's why it says in the Posuk, in, in Shmois Dalad Lamad Aleph, it says, they believed even in the midst of their misery, in the midst of their slavery, in the midst of Avdus, they still believed, the nation believed in Hashem. That's why the very first festival we celebrate in spring, which is the true beginning of the year. Spring is at the end of winter, when the winter is over, when that dead period is over, and suddenly the trees and the plants begin to bud and flower and blossom. That's the beginning of the year. We happen to have Rosh Hashanah, at the end of the harvest season, for reasons that I won't go into today. Perhaps the Nesiva Sholem deals with that elsewhere, and we'll talk about that in the lead-up to Rosh Hashanah. But for us, the first month of the year is Nisan. And the first festival of the year is Pesach. Then we have Shavuos, then we have Rosh Hashanah, Yom Kippur, Sukkot. But the first festival of the year is Pesach. Why? Because it is the foundation of Emunah. 
You have to understand that the first step any person needs to take in terms of getting to where they need to be as a Jew is emunah, is faith. And this is what's included in uh, the statement of the righteous ones, of the tzaddikim, that says in the Posuk and Shmos Yud base, what does it say? Hachoydesh, it's in Parshas Boy. Hachoydesh hazelochem rosh rosh chodoshim rishoin hu lechol lechod sheyashono. Lochem lechod sheyashono. You have to know that the first month is rishoin, rosh chodoshim. It is the foundation of who you are as a Jew. Rishoin hu lochem the first thing for you. This is where you begin. This is where it all begins. This is where the story really starts. You have to understand that Nisan as a month and Pesach as a festival is where it all begins. Everything else comes out of Nisan and comes out of Pesach. The Geula as a result of Emunah means that Nisan is the source of Emunah and Pesach is the headquarters of Emunah and that's where the story starts. This renewal that we have as a result of Pesach, and what is that about? It's about Emunah, it's about having faith in Hashem. If you want to begin any project, you want to begin anything, Everything has a beginning, everything has whatever it is. You have a blueprint. What's the blueprint for being a top-level religious Jew? What is the blueprint for being somebody who is a person that has a relationship with Hashem through the things that they do? Do you know what it is? It's emunah. Without emunah, it doesn't really have meaning. Through the purest of faith, do you know what could happen? You could be at the Memtes Sha'arit Tuma. You could be the 49th level of impurity. But if you have Emunah, you could emerge from Egypt, from the lowest possible place. You could emerge from that low place and rise to the highest high. That's what Emunah makes you capable of. Now, seeing as now we understand through this introduction that the union of Pesach is Emunah. For that reason, and now we're going to go into the nitty-gritty of the Seder night. What is it the Seder night is about? It's about Sipur Yitzias Mitzrayim. You have to tell the story. Oh, I heard the story last year. I don't need to hear it again. How many people read a book twice? Okay, you read it twice. Would you read it a third time? How many people read a book ten times? Imagine this. You're a Jewish person, you live 10, 20, 40, 80 years every single year, and here in Chutzarit we don't do it once, we do it twice. You say the same story, the same words, the same ideas, the same narrative. What's the point? Can't I have something new? No, you can't. Sipur Yitzias Mitzrayim is the Shoyresh of Emuna. That's what it's about. Sipur Yitzias Mitzrayim v'chein You've got to tell your children with the same enthusiasm, with the same passion, with more passion than you did it the last year. You've got to engage them in this story, this narrative about the redemption, the exodus from Egypt. Do you know why? Because at its heart, do you know what this is about? To plant, to root a person with emunah. 
with faith. We have a very strange and unusual instruction, directive, when it comes to Sedanite. Do you know what it is? The more you say the story, the more praiseworthy you are. How odd. Really? Is that the case? Imagine you're in a Seder where everybody there is a Talmud Chochem. The biggest scholar you've ever met. Scholar of history, scholar of Talmud, scholar of Bible. They, there's nothing that they don't know. And the Kulonu Nevoinim. We're all the most brightest geniuses you could possibly imagine. And we're sitting around the table. Mitzvah aleinu l'saper b'yitzias mitzrayim. You could be a Zokain, you could be a Chochom, you could be a Novoin, makes no difference. You're still directed to say over the story of the Exodus from Egypt. There is no comparative instruction or directive with any other mitzvah in the Torah. I'll give you an example. We're instructed that we need to eat kosher. You, you know that instruction, right? We all eat kosher food. Eat kosher food. There's no instruction. The more kosher food you eat, the more praiseworthy you are. Can you imagine such a thing? Yet, you know, I woke up this morning and I want to eat some food. I'm going to eat kosher food. I'm full now. I can't really be bothered eating. Oh, what are you talking about? I've got to eat something more. I, I, completely stuffed at this stage. I still, you have to eat something. There's no such directive when it comes to the mitzvah of eating kosher. You don't have to eat whatever you need to eat. As long as the what you're eating is kosher, that's fine. I'll give you another example. Shabbos. Shabbos is a wonderful day. It starts on Friday evening and it ends on Saturday night and you keep Shabbos. I love Shabbos. Imagine this. I don't just want to keep Shabbos on Shabbos. I'd like to keep Shabbos on Sunday. I think it's so marvellous. I'd like to have two days of Shabbos. Do you know what that's called? Baal Toisif. You're not allowed to increase a mitzvah to a time when it's not required. I can't keep Shabbos on Sunday or Friday or Tuesday. I can only keep Shabbos on Shabbos. But I love Shabbos so much. I want to keep it another day. Please. Surely should the same logic should apply. It doesn't apply. Shabbos is Shabbos. You can do whatever you like in keeping Shabbos during the limited time that you have for Shabbos, but there is no instruction to do anything more than that. But when it comes to Sipu Yetzias Mitzrayim on Leil HaSeder, you could do it in half an hour. I mean, how long would it take you to read the Haggadah? You read it end to end. You start with Holach Ma'anya, and you end off with the Baruch HaTor Hashem Gal Yisrael Beri and then you have the matzah and the mora, and then that's it. It could be half an hour, 45 minutes. You want to stretch it a bit. That's all it could be. There's people who stay up Seder all night long. I remember when I was a child, we used to have a Seder, and we used to come to shul in the morning. How late did your Seder go? Well, one person would say one o'clock. Ah, one o'clock. What's one o'clock? We went till two. Another fellow would say two o'clock? That's nothing. We went till 3.15 a.m. That's when we finished the Seder. Another person says, what are you talking about? We haven't finished the Seder yet, but I need to come to Shachris, like Rebbe Lozum and Azariah. <laughs> right? This is the story of the Seder, that it can go on long 
and long and long, as long as you want, you can tell the story, simply Yutiyas Mitzrayim. And it doesn't make a difference if you are Chachomim. It doesn't, doesn't make a difference if you are Nevoinim. It doesn't make a difference if you are Zekeinim. It's of no relevance. You can stretch out this mitzvah longer and longer and longer. Harizem Shubach, and it's praiseworthy to do so. No other mitzvah do we have anywhere else in the Torah where we say, V'chol hamarbe harizem shubach. So what is the explanation for this? That's the question the Nesiva Shalom wants to address. Let's see what he says. So, he says, when it comes to other mitzvahs, Sha'ar mitzvahs, Sha'eich Shemakaimon, Yotso. It doesn't matter, however you do it, whatever you do in order to observe that mitzvah, you're Mekayim it. Kavar in the way that you're meant to do it. I did the mitzvah. I did it. I ate kosher food. Did you enjoy it? It makes no difference if I enjoyed it. I didn't enjoy it. I did the mitzvah. I don't need to do anything more than do the mitzvah in and of itself. But when it comes to the festival of Pesach, Pesach is the festival of Emuna, festival of faith, which is so foundational that it's not enough just to do it. It doesn't mean anything just to do it. You'll see what he means. And Leil Seder is the pinnacle of this idea. In the middle of the month of Nisan, we have one night when we can completely focus on this concept of Emunah. It's the Rosh Hashanah of faith. Do you know what we can get out of Leil Seder if we do it properly? We can have emunah the entire year. The whole year of worth of emunah can be in one Seder night. For us in Chutzlar, we get two opportunities. We can have two nights of giving this foundation lesson in faith in emunah. When we be heroes for emunah from the clarity in emunah that we gain as a result of this evening of Seder night, we can merit to live a life of faith for an entire year. Alkain and therefore. That's why we're given an instruction to stretch it out. You can never have too much emuna. It's impossible. You'll see, he talks more about it. Emunah is not something that is limited. In fact, it's totally unlimited. It's not something, right, I've done it. I've, I can check that on my checklist. I've done the Emunah thing and now I can move on. Emunah is something that can grow and get bigger and more and more impressive in terms of its impact on who you are, on your heart, on your soul, and what you do and what, is, what you expect of yourself. And this is one of the original Rebbe's of the Slonim dynasty, of course, we know that the Nesiva Sholem was from the Slonim dynasty of the Hasidic world. And the Saba Kadisha of Lechavitz said as follows, a, a wonderful idea. Listen to this. It's a posseg you're familiar with from Hallel. It's a, a, this is in Tehillim, Kufte Sain, Posseg Yud. He'emanti ki adaber. Ani onisimi oid. That's what David HaMelech says. What does it mean, he'emanti ki adaber? The literal translation is, I believe, as I'm saying right now, right? He'emanti ki I'm talking now. He'emanti. I just want to say that I believe. 
says the Sabbath Kadisha Melechovitz, a beautiful idea. She says, you know what it means? Emanti ki adaber? The more you talk about it, the more it's something that's on the tip of your tongue, that you discuss it and you talk about it and you go over it again and again, the more it embeds itself in your heart. Heemanti, the reason I'm such a believer, do you know why I'm a believer? Because I can't stop talking about it. The more I talk about it, the more of an ish emunah I become. is not just something that was said about Pesach. It was said stam about any day of the year. How much more so? The night of the Seder. This is the wellspring of Emunah for the entire year. That's what Leil HaSeder is. This is the foundation of Emunah. This is the source of Emunah for the entire Jewish calendar year. That's why you're giving it this directive, this instruction. It's not like keeping Shabbos, which is just one day. No, this is your opportunity. Grab it. I did what I had to do. I, I said over the story, I read everything in the Haggad. It's not enough because you can always have more emunah. And this is going to be, this is your one opportunity that you have to stretch it out as much as possible so that you have the shoyrish of the emunah for the rest of the year. As a result of talking about and going over the story that you know from last year and the year before and 10 years ago. You go over that story again, the more you will have in your foundation the faith that you need to have in Hashem to be the person that you need to be. And now we go to the, this, that was the first, that was just the introduction. Now we're going to the second section of the, uh, of the Nesiva Shalom. By the way, if you're listening to this on SoundCloud or watching it on YouTube, you can click on my source sheet and I've uh, included in that the few pages here that I'm, I'm discussing from the Nesiva Shalom. You can go over it yourself, you can print it out and go over it and use it because this is a wonderful piece to say over at your Seder to talk about how important the Seder night is to create the platform for emuna for an entire year. Now we can understand, as a result of this introduction, what it means that you have to increase and do more and more in Sipiyutiyas Mitzrayim Harizema Shubach, and then you are praiseworthy. Dehine. Let's think about it. Emuna, he ad ein soif. There's no such thing as a limitation when it comes to emuna. Emunah isn't limited. Faith is not limited. What do you mean? Do you know why? Because God himself has no limitation. And Emunah is a reflection of God. Believing in Hashem can't be limited because it's Hashem that we're talking about. And Hashem has no limitation. Do you know what it is? You can think, I, I just want to give you an analogy. I've used this analogy before in other contexts, but it's a fantastic analogy. You go for a hike, and you want to hike to the top of the mountain. You're struggling, you're trying to get to the top of the mountain. And finally, you're looking up, you can see the top of the mountain, it's just over there. And you get to the top of the mountain, you're 
panting, it's so difficult to get to the top. You get to the top and you realize that what you thought was the top wasn't actually the top because there's an, another peak ahead of you. Oh my gosh, okay, I'll go for another walk. Continue walking and hiking until you get to the top of the mountain and suddenly you realize that the second peak is also not the top of the mountain because there's another peak beyond that. That's emuna. That is emuna. Faith. You think, okay, I believe in Hashem. I couldn't believe in Hashem more. And then you get to that level of faith and you realize because somebody tells you something, somebody gives you some idea and you think about it and suddenly you realize, I believe in Hashem even more. How's it possible? I already believed in Hashem. How's it possible to believe in Hashem more if I already believed Him? It's not black and white. There's so many shades of gray. There's so many different levels. The, the way he, he um, suggests it is so beautiful. That There's so many levels, elevated levels of clarity in emuna. One over the other, one elevated above the other. Belize Saif Gavul Vashir without border and without limitation. You can believe in Hashem 100% and that 100% is still not the entire story. That's the power of Emunah. You know it even more with greater clarity. You know, it's, it's like when you read something, you know, I have a little problem. You see, I use glasses. I, I can actually read the words which are in front of me here in the Nisi Vashalom. And I could look at it, and I could say, well, listen, I can read it, it's totally fine. And then I put on my glasses, and I realize I can read it so much clearer. You know, when you go to the optician, they tell you, well, when is it clearer? Is it clearer when you look at it with this lens? And then they flick it, and they say, oh, with this lens. And you thought when you looked at it through the first one, oh, I can see it quite well. Is the green light brighter or the red light brighter? Oh, it's quite good. I can actually see it. It's wonderful. And then they turn it and you realize, no, it's clearer now. How can it be clear? It was already clear before. That's the power of emunah. I can be a ma'amin. I believe in Hashem 100%. Or so I thought. And suddenly a new thought pops into my head. A new idea inserts itself into my heart. And now I'm a ma'amin. I'm a ma'amin of a higher level. How is it possible? I was already a ma'amin. That's the power of emunah. The clarity can be ever clearer. Our holy sages taught us something unbelievable. How is it that a right that it can be a righteous person who's more righteous than another person? I know a rabbi, let's say. And he's a very righteous individual. He's so righteous. He's wonderful. I love, I, I feel so connected to Hashem when I'm with this person. But I feel more connected to Hashem when I'm with the other. He somehow seems more holy, more spiritual, more elevated, more connected to Hashem. How is that possible? What's that, ab what's that about? Do you know why it is? Because that person has a greater clarity of vision in terms of their emunah in terms of their faith. The kavonas advarim, what does it mean? What is the essence of that idea? Let's get to the bottom of it. Shebihiru se munahi ad ein soif. 
There is no limitation when it comes to emunah, when it comes to faith. It's an ain't situation. It is unlimited. It's without borders. And the next level of emunah is a totally different universe of emunah. It's not the same universe, but just a little bit more. Suddenly there's a new clarity in emunah which never existed before in your life. You've got so much more faith now than you've ever had. You should know. You may meet a tzaddik who's very, very fussy about the way he observes mitzvahs. Or he learned, you know, you can say that this tzaddik, he learns, he wakes up at six o'clock in the morning. And he learns until shacharis. Then he's got a seder. He learns from eight o'clock after shacharis until 12. He eats a bit of lunch, 15 minutes, and whatever. You go through the whole course of the day. So you're going to tell this to somebody, he's such a holy man. Look, he learns from six until shacharis, then at eight, and then you go through the whole day. That's nothing. You heard about the other rabbi. He gets up at 4.30 in the morning, and he learns more than that fellow, because that fellow goes to bed at 11 o'clock at night. He goes to bed at one o'clock in the morning. Excuse me, that's not how you measure somebody's greatness. It could be that the person who learns less has better brain power for the amount of time that they learn, and they learn much more than the person who wakes up at 4.30 in the morning and goes on until 1. You can't judge somebody simply by the amount of time they devote to the learning of Torah. I'll give you another example. This is the example that Nesiva Shalom gives. It's so medactic in mitzvahs. You know what? He, ne- he doesn't eat meat that is koshered by the butcher. He only likes to kosher his own meat. And he doesn't buy the meat from the butcher directly, unkoshered meat. He's got his own private shaykhut. And he, he's so meductic that he makes sure that everything he has is glut. And not the glut that that Poisik said is glut, but the other Poisik who's much more stringent in terms of having glut meat. That's, the, that's not how you measure somebody's greatness when it comes to their connectedness to Hashem. It's true that you can be very medactic in mitzvahs, but be lacking in emunah. There's some part of you that when you meet a challenge in life that's not ready to accept ma'ase Hashem. You lack emunah. Even the person who wakes up at 4.30 in the morning can meet a faith challenge. And unless you have worked on your emunah to the nth degree, it's irrelevant how diligent you may be in diktuk hamitzvahs and limud Torah. Emunah is the foundation of faith. That's why we put it that way. Not the details of the mitzvah. I don't follow this basic. I follow the more stringent psak. I looked at this safer, not at that safer. I follow this community, not that community. That's not where it is. Do you know where your Judaism lies? Do you know what the foundation is of your religion, of your faith life? It is emunah. It is belief in Hashem to the ultimate level, and there's no limitation. Whatever you've reached, you can reach more. Wherever you've got to, because by the way, Dikta Kamitzvah has limitations. I can't be more Machmir than the biggest uh, Machmir. 
I can't be more stringent in my observance of halacha than the one who is most stringent. I'll find that extreme, and that's the extreme. Emunah has no limitation. I could be a, a ma'amin in Hashem more than anybody else in the world. And there could still be people who have emunah more than me. Because emunah has no limitation. And that's what you see here. Shebihirus emunah hi adein soif. Clarity in emunah is something that has no limitations. It's a totally new level of, uh, of, uh, of emunah that you have. It's an unbelievable idea. And because of this, that's why saying over the story of the exodus from Egypt is so unique when compared to any other mitzvah in the Torah. To the extent that anybody who is increases does more is Meshubach, which we don't have with any other mitzvah. Because the whole idea that, that this wants to convey, that this idea, that this instruction, this directive wants to convey is that there's no limitation. You can't do too much. You can't stop. There's no end. There's no ceiling here. Wherever the ceiling is, wherever the peak, the summit is, you can go beyond that summit and do more. What did they say when they sang Oz Yoshir? After Kriyas Yamsov, after the splitting of the Red Sea, they sang the song Oz Yoshir Moshe of Israel, Sashira Hazois. What did they say? It says they sang the song Vayaminu Bashem of Moshe Avdoi. They believed in Hashem Vayaminu Bashem. What is it telling us? They saw Hashem. What does it mean? How can you say, I believe in Hashem? You already believed in Hashem. You must have because you said, This is my God and I will glorify Him. So what does it mean when you say, You can't say this as a new Chiddush, if you already believed in Hashem before you said it. No, that's not correct. You can say it. Do you know why? Do you know why? So you could say that the Shivcha Bayom, the maid servants who experienced the Red Sea, as Chazal tell us, reached a higher level than Yechezkel, Ezekiel, who saw the uh, chariots of the throne room of God we know that Yechezkel describes some of the most outstanding aspects of what any human being has ever experienced in terms of what they've seen in, in Hashem and the majesty and the royalty and the, and the, and the uh, glory of Hashem in the Masim Merkava to the extent that the Gemara discusses its Gemara in Chagiga as to whether or not we should include Yechezkel in Tanakh. Because it's so revealing, it's like almost too much. How, how are we meant to handle this? It's so vivid. And yet the Shivcha Bayom saw more than Yechezkel. Right? Zekeli van Veyu, the Shivcha Bayom said. In a way that Yechezkel could never say it. And yet afterwards, Vayaminu Bashem of Moshe Avdoi. 
that's an incredible chiddush. Mashiach oid achakach v'yaminu acharishero ein ba'ein. How is it possible if a shivcha, and we're not even talking about the great zakenim of Klal Yisrael, we're talking just about the shivcha. How is it possible if the shivcha saw Hashem ayin ba'ayin, that we could say afterwards that they would declare v'yaminu b'ashem over Moshe Avdoi? What are we even talking about? What level can exceed that? Emuna is beyond any kind of intellectual definition. Why? Because intellectual, your brain, what's your brain capacity? What's your bandwidth in terms of your brain? It's limited. You know, when you buy a computer, they'll tell you what the how much uh, RAM there is and how much the, the, uh, the, the computer can handle in terms of its, uh, 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 you know, what it can work out, what it can calculate, what it can contain, how much memory it has, whatever it is. Your brain is just the same. I mean, it may be more or less than a computer. I don't, I've got no idea. But your brain has limitations. Your intellect has limitations. And you, you can explain something to somebody and they don't understand it because their brain hasn't reached that level. You know, it's that famous story about about Chaim Weitzman, who accompanied, um, he, he accompanied, uh, um, the, uh, he went with the famous professor who discovered the theory of relativity. He went with him, he went to, together with him from uh, Europe to, um, to America to raise money for the Zionist cause. And he wanted to talk to him about the theory of relativity. And he, uh, he went with him every day. There were six days that they, that they traveled across the Atlantic Ocean until they reached the United States. And Chaim Weitzman was walking with him every single day and they talked about this and that. And he came, he came to America and they said to him, the journalists asked him, do you understand the theory of relativity? You walked with the professor every single day around the ship and you've got to know him. And uh, you're obviously very friendly with him. You yourself are a famous scientist. You're a chemist. Do you understand the theory of relativity? He says, the only thing I understand is that he understands the theory of relativity. He knows about it. He understands it. I've got no idea. It doesn't matter what your brain capacity is. But if you, your limitation is whatever that brain capacity may be. But that brain capacity, that bandwidth does not apply does not apply to emunah. Emunah is not limited by your intellect. In fact, your intellect may act as a barrier. It may act as something that prevents you from reaching emunah because you may want to understand Hashem and therefore it holds you back from having emunah. Listen to what the Nesiva Shalom says. He says as follows. soga. <laughs> It's beyond any intellectual aspect. Because intellectual, your brain has a limitation. Any person can reach their limitation. They can reach their limitation of what it is possible for them to understand 
And beyond that, they can't go. It doesn't matter how hard you try. You can't teach them something that they can't learn. It's beyond what they're able to comprehend. That is something that they can't do. And you can try as hard as you want. You're never going to be able to get them to understand it. That's something they can't reach. Ach emuna ein But when it comes to emuna, there's no limitation. You can't withhold emuna from somebody because they're not so bright or because their brightness has a limitation. Anybody can reach the highest level of emuna, notwithstanding an intellectual or academic limitation. That's the power of emuna. That's what we're talking about. Do you know where emuna really starts? When you stop understanding with your intellect. Your intellect's what's holding you back. Trying to understand something that's actually beyond understanding. That's what's holding you back. That's what's disabling you in terms of emuna. You've got to let go. You've got to let go. You've got to let your intellect go. You've got to kind of back off from the intellectual thing. And then the emuna thing can take over. Lokach. Afla acha shekvarou be'enayim. Zekeli va'anveu. Even though... They saw Hashem ayin ba'ayin. The shifcha bayom is greater than Yechezkel. And saw Hashem and was able to declare Zekeli ve'anveyu adayin ha'yashayach lahaschil b've'aminu b'ashem v'amosha avdoi. Afterwards, they could go to the next level. They reached the summit. They reached the peak. And yet, they could go to the next level. They could exceed that you might have thought limitation because it's not a limitation at all. You can get beyond it. And that's why, specifically when it comes to Sipu Yetzias Mitzrayim, and we can say, Anybody, the brightest person in the world, we have a Seder where there's only scholars. People who have deep intellectual capacity. There's nothing that you could explain to them that they won't understand the first time. And that's the Seder. There's no one else at the Seder. Kulonu Zekenim, it's people who have had Seder a hundred times. More than a hundred times. And they've learnt through all the parishes and the Torah and the Midrashim and the Gemaras that teach us the story of Yetzias Mitzrayim. You could say, what's the point of the Seder for them? They're just going over old material that they are so familiar with already. Gamke Mitzvah. Even those people have to go through Sipur Yetzias Mitzrayim. It's so crucial. The power of emuna, of faith, is much greater than the power of intellect. And you can go beyond yourself, beyond anything you ever imagined in terms of emuna. You may think that you can't do it. You may think that that's the peak and beyond it there's nothing more. And then you'll get to the summit and you could still have more emuna. You could still have more. It's possible for you to achieve more in terms of your emuna. I'm going to end here. And we'll continue with this piece.
next week's share, and we're going to do much more about Pesach and Emunah, because I think that the power of Emunah is the power of Pesach, is the power of the Jewish people. You and I know that when it comes to Pesach, we are doing the same thing again. We're eating matzah, we're eating moror. It's more or less the same family. Some may be absent, but then there's new faces. But it's more or less the same year after year. It doesn't really change. And our Seder now that we have is more or less the same than the one we had last year and 10 years ago and 20 years ago and that our parents had and our grandparents had. It's the same thing. And whatever we experience at the Seder, we could say, well, we've had it before, we've done it before, and why bother doing it again? But when it comes to emuna, there's no amount of input that can't propel you to a greater level of emuna, a level of emuna that you've never had before. And that being the case, we have to invest time and effort, not just on Seder night itself, of course on Seder night itself, but before Seder night, learning, knowing what it is that we're learning, and understanding that what we are learning now in the month of Nisan, in anticipation of Seder night, is crucial in terms of creating a foundation, a new level, a higher level foundation for the emunah that animates us as people of faith and as servants of Hashem. Thank you.